Hey, 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 hey. G'day one and g'day all. Welcome to another episode of Strange Days Broadcast from 10 to late. I guess we'll go into the folder here. We'll have a quick little intro for 1 minute and 35 seconds. And then we'll kick off the show. Quite a bit lined up, so without any further ado, let's rock and roll. First on the list, what have we got here, here, here? Whoa. In two years, Australia has gone from 24 million to now, we've just hit the 27 million peoples. Uh, yep. What a roller coaster ride, eh? Let's have a listen to what this piece of person's got a bit of. A little bit of a write-up here. Oh, we'll read it out. Have them read it. Most Australians now, they live in um, absolute poverty. Many are now homeless. The Quad Alliance, as it's called, has only given Australia a direct open border policy with India, a nuclear-armed communist country. Australia is being effed up the bottom by foreigners who should not be allowed to work within the Australian government, let alone into Australia for this reason. Hmm. Yes, this is an interesting one coming up. This one's um Tucker, Tucker Carlson, and he's, um, he's having a yarn with uh, Dennis Quaid. They're discussing um, humanity's reliance on technology. Will it be our downfall? Interesting discussion. I think they go for, for about 15, I think, 16 minutes, if I remember rightly. Let's see. No, no, sorry, nine minutes. Yeah, right, I'm going to play the whole lot. Okay, so nine. Hey, welcome to the room, all. Hey, good to see you, Roya. Yep, yeah, I followed you. Yeah, you're all good? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, you're most welcome. Enjoy the show. Just started. 
Uh, once again, welcome for welcome all to the broadcast. Let's continue with. The, I like hearing a little, you know, a couple of people up there a bit and a bit out there in their thinking, just to throw off some ideas and thoughts amongst themselves. And I sort of don't mind Tucker. I don't know much of his garbage behind him and all that sort of thing. Hey, welcome, Rock. Good, good to see you, man. So you know, each their own. I guess we all have our, you know, things we either like or we probably don't like, or it's sort of in between. But Anyway, we'll have a listen to this little yarn with um, Carlson and Quaid about the technology. Where could it go, guys? They said no power for a year. I mean, that, that, I mean that'd be an extinction event for a while. Like, they, yeah, they've done a study and 90% of the, of the population would be dead within a year. You know, in 18, during this Carrington event, I mean, one thing, we didn't rely on electricity, you know, and everybody... Had a cow if you yes. wanted milk, and you had a horse if you wanted to drive. You, you know, your car wouldn't work. You, what do you do? Your telephone doesn't work. Oh yeah, I'm not sure how much they're covering overall technologies, whether it's AI in this. I haven't listened to it all myself, but yeah, I know to stop the um up the front, they're going to go into a bit of like um, power crisis sort of thing. Yeah, EMPs, I guess, and power outages. There's no way to inform the public about, you know, anything, anything. So kind of messed up. <laughs> so, I mean, that in some ways seems far more effective than nuclear weapons. Mm. Not only that, you're, you're not, you're not killing people. And so that makes the decision to use them a little you know, it's not, Easy. you don't have to, you don't have to wrestle with your, your morals. Right. Uh, There's no smoking hole at Hiroshima. Yeah, exactly. And just like, because there are so many actors doing this and they're, you know, some, they're terrorist subgroups as well. Uh, who do you retaliate against if it's, if it's done from a cargo ship and you don't even know where it came from. So who was, who was the perpetrator? And, who do you retaliate against? And yes, uh, the the military has hardened uh, most of, of their infrastructure when it comes to, to this, but they get their electricity. Ninety percent of their electricity comes. Ninety nine percent of their electricity comes from civilian infrastructure. So how long is that going to last? And uh, so, so do you think uh, when it's magnified EMP attacks? would take out a lot, I mean, what, like most civilian power plants? Yeah, just one, what they call a super EMP, and that, that has to do with the uh, the altitude where is exploded, you know, from the center of that covers a certain area, whereas if you were lower down, you would only be able to cover that much area yes. because it spreads out in a circle. So, and uh, it just fries everything. So why, I mean, I know there are a lot of things to worry about. Yeah. A lot of things are failing at once, obviously, but um, this seems like you might want to move it toward the top of the list of things to worry yeah, about. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I really would think so, but it's, uh, and indeed the, uh, you know, the Russians and the Chinese have, have done so much more to harden and to protect their infrastructure than we have. And so it gets down to that whole thing about survivability, you know, being able to survive an attack and uh, to attack someone and then being able to 
survive the, uh, when they retaliate. And uh, they've got that going for them. And it also makes somebody like, you know, Iran, who it, it's a fraction of what they their military budget is. And they you know they can't defeat the United States. But, I mean, even a, even a simple terror group can get their hands on a Scud missile and a, and a, a nuclear device. You can really do some damage. And I don't know why that our government has not been informing us more about this. Back during the Cold War, when I was a kid, I was, you know, in the fourth grade, we, we kids were informed about what could happen, what to do if, if something happened, at least that. And also, uh, let's get something done. I, I I mean, I don't think the average person has any idea that this threat exists. Yeah. No, they don't. Uh, the majority, the vast majority of the people don't. Where, where is the climate lobby on this? I they mean, don't. they're very involved in trying to remake the grid and right. change our sources of energy and their energy experts. Um, but is this something that they're taking up? No. Not to my knowledge, no. Or but this, this really definitely, but this has to, well, they would be affected too, you know, of course. But it's, it's you know, it's, that's all about the fuel that comes, you know, to the power agency or, you know, whether it be coal or wind or whatever it is. But if, if you knock out the, these relay stations, it, the power can't go anywhere. This fries everything. So this does suggest, I mean, our, Country, our country's population is clustered in cities. Yeah, those probably aren't going to fare as well. No. What's your population over there, um, Rock? Do you know offhand? I haven't looked for the last couple of years. I don't even know what it would be now. It'd be easier to live in the country, of course. And people who live in the country would probably have better ideas. Up around three hundred million. Knowledge of how to survive Just after an event like this. But, yeah, uh, three sixty. You reckon? Yeah, that'd be about right. It was about three hundred a couple of years I mean, there ago. Needs I looked, to be education, yeah. and, and there needs to be something done about it, and uh, done about it pretty quick. I mean, these these protective relays that uh, that could be installed in the transformers. Starting with that, I mean, we have the technology. We know how to do this. It's not something mysterious that we have to get involved in. What we do need is something like a Manhattan Project that we had back during. World War II, where, you know, the Germans, we knew that the Germans were trying to develop a bomb. And so we, we, we got there quicker and somebody to cut through all the bureaucratic, uh, red tape and be vested with the authority to just to get this done. Pretty mind boggling to think, you know, the size of our continent in your country there and you know we've only got 27 million and you sort of around 360 what's that about uh, so you got roughly about 12 just over 12 maybe 13 times yeah roughly 13 times the bloody population of us <laughs> bloody incredible we could do we could do it in a couple of years so you mentioned FERC, the federal energy regulatory commission yeah i mean that would be wouldn't that be the agency that would be thinking about this they are they Yes, yeah, so you would think that, but it, that's not the way it works. It, it, you know, Obama like sent this to Congress to, to get it done, and then it gets caught in FERC and NERC because they're controlled by uh, 
the lobbies, the, you know, the lobbies of uh, the energy lobbies that it, it's about, they have to spend money and um, which they don't necessarily want to do because, you know, it costs a lot. Yes, it would cost a lot. I think the government should, should uh, help in this. And there's so many of them too scattered uh, across the United States. You know, they're locally owned, most of the energy companies. Uh, there's an energy company in South Carolina that is uh, really doing something about it. And there, there have been some cases where, uh, you know, we've had energy companies that are uh, making moves mm -hmm. to protect the grid, but that's only one little part of the grid. <clears throat> That's one part of the little grid scheme of things. I had to take about six to nine of these stations, and that's it, out of about, some say maybe 20. I think I don't know if there's about 20, 20 of them or what, 25 or something. They only take about six to nine of them. And um, there was a proposal to actually fix this situation up, I think about two to four years ago. It was brought through to the government, and they rejected it, apparently. And I'm not sure it was going to be probably something like two billion or something to go to all the relays and you know coat them. So for EMP situation as well. And um, the question that I have that I'd like answered is who's actually making the relays um, these parts now? It wouldn't be hard to put my money on that it's China. Very interesting. So that leaves a very vulnerable, doesn't it? You know, he talked about a year. I've heard on studies um, a couple of different ones, and it varies between two to five years to get the grid back on track again. Two to five years, guys. I'm talking about two to five days or weeks. Hmm. Makes you wonder how civilization is going to handle that um, in this technocracy day and age that we live in. You know, it's, uh, when it comes down to it, they, they depend on the, on the one next door to them and the one next door to them. It would cure the AI problem pretty quick, though, right? You'd have no AI with no electricity. Yeah, exactly. But you wonder, there's all these, I mean, a huge part of the American economy is based on digital commerce, digital innovation. I mean, this is being... Right. Financial system is going to break exactly. down. Exactly. Transportation breaks down. Your water doesn't work. Food delivery is gone. Funny, I brought up one last night about NASA. Did you know that NASA's got a... A shitload of cars, um, all pre-chipped and all that. We're going back to the 60s and 70s. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, if they think something's coming up there. Uh, your telephones don't work. You go back to, basically, we go back to that current event. The world goes back to 1859, and we're all in the dark, and the lights are out. So you'd th you would think that all these other sectors of the economy would be lobbying because they all are dependent on electricity. Everybody's dependent on electricity. So if I'm Google or if I'm Microsoft running AI or right. whatever, like I need a, yes. you know, I would be yeah, lobbying. Especially you, you've got to have that. And uh, plus also it, the, just the effects of, of, of the gamma rays, you know, upon these microchips that uh they're melted actually you know who the the largest manufacturer of vacuum tubes is russia vacuum tubes vacuum tubes russia and china they they are still in the business of manufacturing vacuum tubes because vacuum tubes like they are far more resistant they are far more resistant to 
this, these uh I wonder what a scenario would do to all these freaking battery cars with the cobalt and lithium that's in them. Hmm. Appetite for destruction for bloody sure, I'd say. Gamma rays. Are you serious? Yeah. In the microchips. Do they do they make the old old analog <laughs> technology is is you know would would uh, work with internet dial up? You know. Are they animal. making horse carriages too? They probably should yeah, be. They probably should be. Yeah. Hey Sue, welcome. Right. Ah, so what we'll do, we'll go into the next one here. I'm just gonna have to go back instead of scrolling actually, because I've got some that are some reading ones here. <clears throat> oh, this is an interesting one. Um, she sells a little bit at the beginning. I'm gonna give her about seven minutes. Um, you can find this actually. Uh, yeah, you can find this on Rumble, so it's no use to be playing too much of it anyway. You can go and look at this if it interests you yourself. But she rambles on a little bit at the beginning. I haven't heard past her rambling that she does quite well, Kerry Cassidy. <laughs> she um, She's um, Jay, Jay Widener. He's been around the traps for quite some time. So I might have to just quickly skip the little bit. I think I've gone forward a little bit on her gold, and um, she's right into you know tangible assets, of course. She means well, but yeah. We'll just go on here a bit further. Oh, uh, hey, uh, sorry about that. I just seen someone trying to call in. I um, uh, I'm not taking calls at the moment. I've only I've only been on for just over fifteen minutes, so I'll be taking calls in about the hour, about an hour. So if you want to ring up a bit, unless it's an emergency, and you you need to um have a really decent you know heart to heart talk, man. I don't mind that stopping the show. I'm not talking about, you know, like I say, you're missing lettuce on your hamburger sort of talk, you know what I mean? But apart from that, I like to roll for the um, hour and 15 and then um, we'll have an open line. You can have your voice talk about whatever you like, you know. You can have the whole bloody platform if you like. Talk about your show or shows that you like. Anyway, let's get to this. She's stopped talking now. His sort of um, inspiration, I think you might say, was. So can you kind of start... Uh, you know, we got that you got a, a young guy to come and mentor him. Well, obviously, she's still talking, but about, yeah, she's trying to probably sell <laughs> selling some of her jewelry. And you put it together really quickly. <laughs> but then you were saying that um, actually your your inspiration was quite interesting regarding the community and actually what you came up with, too. Yeah, so I said that I... Um, was bothered by the fact that we were freely talking about um, how events were um, clearly not what they seemed to be in the news, I mean, and um, that some events clearly were fake. And then people who had said these things got sued, heavily sued. I think we know what I'm talking about here. And everybody, the whole community froze up and now we can't talk about it anymore. And so, I, I, I chose an event that happened 60 years ago. Probably everybody's dead, or most of the people involved are dead. And, 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 and presented it to show you that, no, 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 they've been faking events for a long time. And, um, and you know, I would, what I would love to do someday is do a, get a group of really high intellectual people and examine other events and see what's going on here because I suspect that people uh, 
uh, faking their deaths is a lot more common than we think. I don't okay. Get out of the mafia that runs everything. You can't quit. That's what. Just ask Nancy Pelosi. You can't quit. You got to be in there forever. You say I'm going to quit. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. We vested in you. You can't go anywhere. So then you start yes. thinking of other routes. And I'm going to suspect that there's even a clandestine corporation somewhere, probably on the dark web, where they'll do all of it for you. In other words, they'll show you how to change your accounts and move your money and get you a place and all the things. And just ask Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> well, uh, this gets into quite a deep story, but I'm just going to bring something on the screen here that I don't know if you know about this guy, but he's kind of an, a fun, interesting man. And there is a faker out there, so don't get the wrong idea and go to the wrong guy, because there's a wrong guy on Twitter faking him. So he calls himself the real police chief, in this case, the chief. But his, his website is called buymeacoffee.com <laughs> slash truther. And he is out there. Um, if you sign up, you get his, uh, his inside intel about who has been said to be, you know, a lot of people are saying like uh, recently Lloyd Austin, I think is uh, one of the latest and he is supposedly sick with cancer, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is the white hats have uh, brought him under the fold, uh, taking him off the scene. Uh, they may have substituted a fake or a double or a clone. And that's very common now. And uh, this guy has sort of some of the in-trap. He's not the only one with the inside track, but he's one of them. So I just wanted to draw people's attention to that. And I hope I can get back to the minor. Okay, yeah. So anyway, that's, and I, I interviewed him and I asked him every question under the sun. <laughs> and uh, he was a really good sport and he lives in Colorado. He was the ex-police, chief of police of Colorado. Turns out he's a MAGA supporter, and uh, so he's doing this as sort Maga of Waga. a labor of love, among other things. So just want to give him a plug there and also say that this is very common right now, and that the White Hats are just as culpable and involved as the dark. So this is what we get, and this has been going on with, as you know, I'm sure you know, rock stars, Elvis, um, uh, Jim Morrison, Sean David Morton said he talked to Jim Morrison on the phone. He's got an inside contact, put him in touch with him. He Sean David Morton, well, he's been around for a few years. I remember, God, it must have been oh, good 10 years I've come across him. Really enjoy his um, his talks, actually. I haven't listened to him for years. Yeah, I used to listen to Project Camelot. This is where she's from. Um, here and her old mate used to be, well, that's going back at least probably 12 years now. Huh. What a journey. A lot of this was when my eyes were sort of opening up more and more and all these sort of things sort of coming along later in life as well. And um, that was the beauty of the internet, actually. You got to um, open up the expansion of different sort of um, theories and yeah, a bit out there sort of stuff with interviews like Kerry does and, you know, um, Art Bell is another one I really enjoyed back in the day. And, of course, George Norrie ended up taking over. I don't. I didn't like him. I like his positive attitude when he answers phones and that. He's always got that real welcoming sort of thing. And um, But I do, yeah, he's got a soft spot for Art Bill, that's for bloody sure. 
All right, so that was a taste of that. Um, I'll just take it, like I said, seven minutes. I've only got just under a minute left. And then if you like it, go to Rumble. I'll give you the title when I'm just finished. Northwest told me that, that Jim Morrison was living in New Orleans in the early 70s. He was in the, he was in the gay community. <laughs> the Blue Oyster. Yeah, okay. And, you know, this is what we're talking about. So I am totally dun, 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 hot dun, dun, on this dun, dun, trail. And we know that Trump, is also, you know, there's rumors saying, oh, he's dead or whatever. But no, he's in hiding in NORAD is my theory. And also that there are lots of Trump doubles out there. And those are pretty easy to distinguish. I don't think that's rocket science. And we know Biden, fake Bidens are all over the place, <laughs> you know, with masks that are coming off, half coming off. His little you know, double the neck area and all testicle that. chin. And uh, just developed over him. I mean, it's notorious right now. So I think this is right in keeping. Okay, that's it. Oh, I just, she was going to let her finish the sentence. With that. And I'm so glad you were inspired by all of that. So that's, that's great to hear. Done. All right. And the title of that one was Jay Widener, W-E-I-D-N-E-R, been around for a few years. JFK X, the documentary interview by Kerry Cassidy. I think you'll find that really interesting. I wouldn't mind, um, I'll actually check that out tomorrow, actually, the full one. Um, yeah, I haven't actually got a bloody um, Rumble um, downloader, I don't think. I usually, hardly ever get Rumble ones, it's usually a bit shit. Um, I'm going to actually join one of them, hopefully, this week. I've got, um, I've got some ideas for doing my presentations like um, that I do now, I'm thinking I might even actually try, I'm going to work out a way that I can sort of, you know, produce the show in sequence that I'm doing now with the audio that I'm talking and actually put all these clips up that I'm showing at the same time. So if anyone's got any hints to, or if they reckon which platform might be better, should I put my time and energies, I want something as simple as possible. I don't really care about the channel itself. I can't do YouTube because pretty much yeah chased off there just about anything i publish anyway over the years so and i'm still getting chased off from stuff i put out there bloody 12 or freaking more oh god it's going back really yeah 18 17 18 years ago you know i just got some saw last year that they were cancelling oh copyright or something else hate speech or some bloody thing <laughs> hate speech so yeah, yeah so anyway i don't trust them at all and i tried to get on x but I've got a life ban from Twitter, and somehow that carried over to X. So go figure that one out. So that was only because I was pulling Twitter up themselves. That was an issue with them. No one else personally, guys. wasn't being a keyboard warrior, bully, or anything like that. It was actually to do with the company themselves about some stuff they were letting through. Anyway, that's a long story. They didn't like that. They didn't like the little light shined on the little cockroaches. So I've got a life ban. <laughs> Hmm, this is what happens when you go down there, some of these rabbit holes. You don't get very popular on social media. Thankfully, that um, Podbeam's had some grace, that's for bloody sure. All right, this one's called Wim Carrot. Now, this is really weird. It wouldn't load for me, so I'm just going to try and play a bit of it because it goes for quite some time. And I want to give a bit of a taste if I think it's worthy as well just to maybe even publish this is what it's about anyway. So I haven't really looked at this much myself. It goes, 
let's dive into the wormhole. Note, another effing great video from Win Carrette. It's C-A-R-R-E-T-T-E. To fully understand the video, you have to see the previous 57 parts. 57 parts? Holy bloody dooly. What do you think this is? A bloody vacation? I'm going to go on a weekly vacation or something just to watch them all. 57 parts, guys. But yeah. With the link below, which I'll put in after the show as well. What secrets are the Freemasons keeping from us? Is the Earth a spinning ball? Flying in space? How did mass hypnosis... Oh, how to have How to... I'm trying to look on an angle here. Let me get this over a bit closer to the bloody thing. How to to mass hypnotise an entire population? Mass psychosis? A severe mental disorder in which thought and emotions are so impaired that contact is lost with external realities. You may, you may want more proof. Where is the HQ of the parasite? There is no such thing as a coincidence. Those um, that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. George Satayana. <clears throat> all right, and then it goes on to all sorts of... Oh, wait, there's a little bit more. I just read it. When Garrett... Um, Crater Earth Part 1, Belgium 2017 and 18. That's on BitChute, actually, that one. So it's called W-I-M, Carrot, Crater, or Crater, Earth, Part 1. Yeah, okay. 2017, Belgium, 218. That's on BitChute and all the rest of his other 57. I think this one goes through now. So if they're all a bloody hour or so each, that's a lot. About 18 minutes. Oh, they might, yeah. I was going to say, bloody hell, what is going on here? That's not too bad if they're just, you know, 15, 8, 15, 20 minute ones. I know a couple that actually do that, and they're not a bad little series, actually, 15 to 20, or even half an hour ones. They actually work out pretty good. Anyway, we'll play seven minutes of this. Prison of Escape from New York. 
Maybe it is about the shape. If the crime is committed by the Black Cube organization, the explanation has to be Egyptian. I remember from the Dendera Zodiac, there is a shape. Uh -oh. The bull's foreleg. Uh -oh. And that brought me to the symbolism of the foreleg. Amputation in ancient Egypt as an offering. An offering. That sounds promising. I reckon I could fall asleep with this guy. I'm just starting to get the nods already. Bloody hell, he's like hypnotizing me into some sort of zen bloody um, frequency. But that's brought me to something even stranger. The role of the foreleg in the ritual of the opening of the mouth. Ancient Egypt, the opening of the mouth ceremony was a sacred ritual that bridged the gap between life and the afterlife. The high priest performed the sacred opening of the mouth ritual, using a ritual implement to touch the mouth and senses of the deceased, symbolically restoring their ability to speak, see, and hear in the afterlife. So you have the bull's foreleg, and you have an object to open the mouth of the dead. What is this all about? The object almost has the shape of the beard of the pharaoh. Remember my video about the insectoids. Uncle Walt first showed me the beast. I found it in Britain. Mecca, Rome, Teotihuacan. And there too, we have ritual human sacrifice. Now let's take this a step further. Now what if we have to take this literally? We have to open the mouth of the beast to feed it. But where is the beast? Could it be? No. Then the shape of Gaza is the shape of the mouth of the beast. But yeah, that's a trip, isn't it? Oh well, I think I'll be doing some digging with him. That's for bloody sure. Yeah, well. Actually, I think this one's... Oh, because I've got this one twice. Ah, I see what's happened here. Okay. Right. So I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i be digging into that one. Now, this one's interesting. This is going to be a bit hard, a bit tricky to read. Because <clears throat> it's on a um, it's like a slide thing, and it just comes and they they don't leave it at a certain time. 
So I'm going to turn it down because it's just a bit of music. This is the dangers of air fries. Now I've heard more about the um, radiation side of these things. Quite bad, actually, believe it or not. Um, I don't know if they're going to bring that up in this one. I've only looked at half of it. But it's all reading. And it's about the toxins as well that these things have in them. So, um, all right, let's see if I can keep up with it. <coughs> see if... <coughs> okay, I went to pick out one. A warning on it. Thiolates. You remember thiolates? Hair relax lawsuit, uterus cancer lawsuit. One of the most dangerous ingredients in hair relaxers emits from these. So, um, pathylates are at the source of several major hair relaxer lawsuits. But I can expose my family to them by using an air fryer, question mark. This one doesn't specify phylates, but he does have the warning sign on the side. So she's just, or he's, I think it's later, whatever. She's just going through all these different ones and just analysing the whole lot and seeing what the warning signs and all that say. Lead exposure as well on the back of a warning. Um, stainless steel is supposed to be the better option. Well, um, less, least amount of exposure. Again, doesn't specify what harmful ingredients it has, but it has um, a warning. Um, okay. Now, this one says PFOA free. And it's made with stainless steel, but no warning on the packaging. Better option with a question mark. So it's got something in its hand. It's a bottle of something now. So no phthalates. Oh, it's a shampoo bottle. So no phthalates in our shampoo. And then it's got a question mark and shows you phthalates in the shampoo, that bottle that she's picked up. She's picked up a box of um, facial moisture and has phylates in that as well. Um, or conditioners. I think it's a hair conditioner, this one. Phylates. But phylates are getting, um, well, yeah, but phylates are getting in our food as well. Please do your own research and make your own decisions. Let's chat about it in the comments. Oh, there you go. Little thing. Yeah, the only thing I'd really heard about the concern was don't stand too close to them due to the radiation that they leach out. Yeah, you wouldn't think so, but um, I wouldn't mind actually digging a little bit deeper and putting just a little proper, you know, so-called scientific studies and stuff about it instead of just someone going through the shop like that and um, go a bit deeper into, you know, the causes that phylates can do to the system and things like that. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Now, this lady was banned. I, I play her every now and then, actually. I really enjoy her. She's from Australia. And I didn't actually know that till today. Um, 
Um, I don't know where I thought she was from, but I didn't actually think she was from here. Her name is, um, oh God, what's the name again? I think it's, I know it's Barbara. I can't remember her surname. Oh, I just lost it. Damn. Oh, wow. Oh, well, I'll just see. Oh, Barbara O'Neill. Here it is, O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah, I play her quite often. She's the one about health things and that. So she's got something here to say about um, osteoporosis, okay? This is interesting. I have heard this one before in the past, but I'll come across it again today on a channel. I might, I'll probably play this a year or so ago, I reckon. But she's been banned. I've got a little interview with her coming up um, in the next couple after this. Um, she doesn't go for too long here. It's only yeah, it's only one minute and fourteen seconds. Have a listen to her. She's she's pretty thorough, like you know, it's pretty good. Don't take calcium supplements, whatever you do. But you can reverse osteoporosis. Don't take calcium supplements, whatever you do. Have you noticed in aged care, all the old people are on calcium supplements and they've all got osteoporosis. Now do the maths. No, I just go out in the sun. Bones are made of 12 minerals. They're made of um, boron, calcium, chromium, iron, magnesium, manganese, silica, sulfur, and selenium, and potassium, and phosphorus, and zinc. That's what bones are made of. They're not made of calcium. Calcium hardens cement does not harden bones. It hardens the tissue. It contributes to atherosclerosis. The Calcium Lie is a book by Dr. Robert Thompson. He says, we go to med school, we learn this. We come out of med school, the blinkers go up. But you can reverse osteoporosis. Okay. We go to med Oh, this person hadn't published. I thought that was a bit short. She goes on more and more. Actually... I, I'm just going to quickly check this. I reckon she's got a channel on here. I've just seen it. I've never noticed that before on here. On any, ah, she has you, little beauty. Ah, oh, this is going to be great. I'll just be doing a show, I think, just on her, on her different, um, yeah, things that she's got to say about health and that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Gotcha. All right, I'll be digging into her. Oh, God. I'm giving myself bloody homework on this one, guys. Bloody homework. I feel like I'm bloody back at school. The X alert. You ready? We've got the X alert. All right, everyone. Got a little bit of an emergency alert out here for... This goes for two minutes. We have some insiders that are telling us that the FBI, the CIA, and other government officials are going to soon be warning about huge artificial intelligence-driven misinformation and disinformation campaigns. Now, this could be something a little bit larger than even what they are alluding to. What we are starting to see is that maybe we have reached that point in AI where we're going to see the dissemination of information, deep fakes. We're going to see uh, stuff come out to cover up the recent release of files that have been uh, you know, proven to be the downfall of certain celebrity figures. We are going to uh, maybe even see a little bit of chaos in the streets of the United States of America if what they can do will drive people into the streets. I started to see just a little bit of these videos, a little bit of what we're being warned about on social media. 
They were deep fakes of police officers, deep fakes of men in uniform attacking individuals across the USA. Now these were pretty good deep fakes, and what we we're starting, you can pick them apart just a little bit by some of the analysis that we're able to perform in-house too, because we have access to some of the deep fake making uh, software. Uh -oh. The, mo the majority of people, everybody right now who says there's nothing to worry about, nothing's going to happen, nothing ever happens, those are the people who are going to be fooled by what's coming out. It's going to have a lot to do with the election process. We are also going to see some calls for riots in the streets. Now, what the officials are going to say is that Russia and China are behind this, maybe even one of the proxy groups like Iran, maybe Yemen. Now, who is it really? Could this be one of the uh, U.S.-driven things that really push us into that next stage of martial order? That we really don't know. All we know is I'm here to tell you guys just be ultra, ultra aware. Be aware or be square. <laughs> right. Now, next, I reckon it might be her next, actually. Let's have a look here. Oh, here it is. Australia's corrupt HCCC, why Barbara O'Neill was gagged. Happened in Australia, exactly. You are being called a quack. You are being called someone that's crazy out there. So what really is the truth? What happened? Why were you banned? Yes, it was a shock to us <laughs> because... Um, it really, it really had no foundation. In fact, when the when the complaint first came to us from the HCCC, we laughed. We thought, surely this is a joke. That you know, they're saying that I'm advocating that a woman go and put her baby on on goat's milk if she can't breastfeed, and they're claiming that that goat's milk might might be lethal. We just laughed because babies have been fed goat's milk for thousands of years so this is the sort of thing so we didn't really take it seriously and I had to answer every question and I, I felt I did but I realize now they wanted scientific studies that's what they wanted but when you look back at how did this happen where did it all start so the only way to explain it is that my husband has a political party that's the informed medical options party campaigning for the rights of Australians to have free choice and I spoke at one of their rallies and I spoke on the laws of health and then three days later Michael looked at the uh, pro-vaccine people's website and they said we've got to take this woman down are there any volunteers well <laughs> so three people came forward people I have never met uh, I think a nutritionist from uh, Queensland was one of them and she had looked obviously through my lectures and came up with something like the goat's milk and uh, then made complaints to the Healthcare Complaints Commission. And if they get a complaint, they have to pursue it, so mm -hmm. they did. But they weren't happy with my answers, so I ended up having to go to a tribunal, I call it the Inquisition, <laughs> where, where, I, where four people interviewed me and I had Michael one side and the lawyer on the other, but they were not allowed to speak. Everything was taped. Oh, yeah, she goes for um, six, yeah, five and a half minutes all up. So we're two minutes in. And for two hours they questioned me. 
what they were really hoping for to find a statement where I said this will cure cancer mm -hmm. but I have never said such a thing mm -hmm. and they could not find it but eventually when it had all finished and we spoke with our lawyer she said I can't believe it they've got nothing on you so she goes through these sorts of things all the time and Marcus said does that mean Barbara will be freed from this ban and she said oh no she'll she'll get a life ban but she won't go to jail because if she was guilty she'd go to jail <laughs> bloody hell so, so that's the justice system and we found that the healthcare complaints yeah. commission uh you can't go higher than that and they seem to be accountable to no one so they have the authority to ban me for life i can't speak i can't give any advice or uh, 10 years jail wow. so, so that's what happened so my husband was so incensed mm -hmm. he, he wanted to do something and we thought of going taking it to court and then we found out it would cost $500 to even start the process and it could go on for years and it could cost us everything so Michael wrote the book the assassination of Barbara O'Neill. I said, yeah. that's a bit strong. He said, no, it's good. It's good. And he wrote that, I guess, in my defense. And so, because some people say, you must have done something for them to come after you. Nope. So I said, well, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> read the book. It, it explains. So it, it was hard for me at first because my my aim is really just to educate to help people to get better health and and i've been stopped michael said uh well you've got a choice you can retire or you can just go overseas so i said well i i've never had so much knowledge in my mind i've never had so much experience and i still feel young i still feel fit i still have a lot of energy i'll go overseas so that ended up what happened and in 2021 when I was in Germany speaking at a conference a lady came up and she said I'm so sorry to say this Barbara but we're so glad you were banned now you're free to come to us and I thought the ban has freed me <laughs> because I could never travel for long because I had to always be back for the program and another blessing that's come out of this is that the program wouldn't, could not run without me because people would not book in unless I was there. Well, now people are booking in for the program. And now I'm free to, to go elsewhere. So um, I, I now see why God, God allowed this to happen. Yeah, they're, they're a bit like the motor industry, aren't they? The health industry. They don't want to see you. There's no profits in seeing you healed, is there? And in the motor industry, there's no profits in having you um, have a reliable car without shits and giggles of everything freaking breaking down on the third, the fifth year. Alternator starter motors, freaking, um, you know, virtually like it's rigged, isn't it? Let alone the um, the hydrogen-run cars. We can't have that. I mean, the petrodollar would get a little bit upset about that now, wouldn't they? Right. Leave my sarcasm at the door and let's move along. Oh, I got it twice. Double whammy. Wow. Our food is poisoned. This came out 11 years ago, guys. Check this out. 
And now a startling ABC News investigation. A whistleblower has come forward to tell consumers about the ground beef a lot of us buy at the supermarket. Is it what we think it is, or is it padded with a filler the whistleblower calls pink slime? ABC's senior national correspondent Jim Avila set out to get answers. Gerald Zernstein grinds his own hamburger these days. Why? Because this former USDA scientist, now whistleblower, knows that 70% of the ground beef we buy at the supermarket contains something he calls pink slime. Beef trimmings that were once used only in dog food and cooking oil, now sprayed with ammonia to make them safe to eat, and then added to most ground beef as a cheaper filler. It was Zernstein who, in a USDA memo, first coined the term pink slime and is now coming forward to say he won't buy it. It's economic fraud. It's not, it's not uh, fresh ground beef. It's a, substitute, it's a cheap substitute being added in. Zernstein and his fellow USDA scientist Carl Custer both warned against using what the industry calls lean, finely textured beef and is widely known now as pink slime. But their government bosses overruled them. Why didn't you consider it beef? Because it was a salvage product. Leftovers. Fat that had been heated at a low temperature and the excess fat spun out. Here's how it's done. Those waste trimmings are gathered, simmered at low heat to make it easier to separate fat from muscle, put in a centrifuge and spun to finish the separation. Next, the mixture is sent through pipes where it's sprayed with ammonia gas to kill bacteria and finally compressed into bricks and flash frozen for shipment to meat packers and grocery stores where it's added to most ground beef. And it doesn't have to appear on the label because over objections of its own scientists, USDA officials with links to the beef industry labeled pink slime meat. And the undersecretary said it's pink, therefore it's meat. ABC News has learned the woman who made the decision to okay the mix is former Undersecretary of Agriculture Woo. Joanne Smith, a call that led to hundreds of millions of dollars for Beef Products, Inc., the makers of pink slime. When Smith stepped down from USDA, BPI's principal supplier appointed her to the board of directors, where she made at least $1.2 million over 17 years. She did not return our calls for comment. BPI says it had nothing to do with her appointment, and the USDA says, while legal then, under current ethics rules, she could not have immediately joined that board. Jim Avila, ABC News, Washington. You know what I'd like to know? If I turned up with a pink sock, would that be classed as meat that they could mix through your um, your mint, see? It's pink. And I'm just curious, when have you ever cooked a meal and had the fat drippings come off pink? Hmm, I think there might be something a little bit more to this story than meets the eye. Pink eye? I think there's something a little bit more to the story, guys. Check this interesting thing I found out today. This was found. <coughs> Where is my little light dog? There we are. Now, there was this picture of a bike, all right? No, no, no joke. I mean, it's got the pedals, got the wheels, tires. So there's, there's no if or buts. It's a bike. It's a bike. It's a bike. It's a bike. Now, the way that they worded this, they're making out that they actually found a bike, but they hadn't. It's actually a picture. Anyway, have a listen to this. Crazy find it. Chayatia, well, it's called Chayatiayu. Chayatiayu, it's called Gayard. Chayatiayu Gayard. 
In 2008, in May, archaeologists from uh, Bristol University conducting excavations in the, what I just said, <laughs> we'll keep it at that. That's a tongue twister enough to say it at the first time. Uh, Chetiau Gayard, which is located in France. Made a sensational find which dates back to the 12th century, guys. Riding around on my pushback, honey, in the 12th century. You look so pretty when you were riding along. It was at a depth of two metres, was found a bicycle. Well, I haven't seen the pictures of a bicycle, but I've actually seen the pictures of the picture of a bicycle. So I'd say they've just misworded that. Of course, I'm sure if they had the actual picture of the bicycle, they'd be putting that up next to it, or if not that, instead of a bloody picture. <laughs> well, well, anyway, they found this the drawing. So 12th century drawing, guys. It strongly re represents a modern bicycle, but made more crudely. It has armour handles and um, are made of sword handles. And on the wheels, instead of tyres, they've got horsehair. Hey, that's a pretty nifty thing. I wish I knew on that when I was a kid. My handles grips could have been sword handles, guys. Oh, I imagine that you had like a little lock that you, you click a button and you can actually pull them out from the bar and you've got swords. Oh, I'm under something here. I'm under something here. God, could have had bloody bike wars, man. Anyway, according to the history, um, we know the bicycle was invented in 1818, according to our history. Who knows how many times mankind has invented the bicycle? There was one I actually seen as well in, um, oh, where was India, I reckon it was, up on a bloody old ancient war. That went back quite some time. Um, I think it was a 1,000 or 2,000 years, maybe more. Interesting. Mm, she's been around for a while, guys. All right. Maybe that's what the Nazca lines are about these days, bike races. This is really bizarre, this tale. This is going back to 1903, all right? It's an underground banquet that happened there with the elites of the time. It's a secret tunnel meeting. This is really weird. All right, have a listen to this. Dry, except when heavy rains cause flood. Now, you can type that in what I just said. It's called Bizarre 1903 Underground Banquet. And it's on YouTube. It goes for 23 minutes. I'll play five minutes and give us a taste of it. A section of the sewer, 400 feet in length, was set apart for the banquet. Along oh, it's stopped a bit hey, there. Up, I'll take it back to the beginning. Today, we're going to be talking about a very strange event. I never really heard of it, and I couldn't find any videos dedicated to the subject matter. So I thought it would make for an interesting video with everything going on nowadays and so that we could all investigate further. Welcome to the room. This was actually it's... sent to me by a subscriber, Sweet. so shout out to him. I'm not sure if he wants me to say his name or not, but thank you for sending this info as I would have never found out about it. With that, let's get started. On a rainy evening in October 1903, according to the mainstream account, a sewer in Waterloo, Iowa, was transformed into what is perhaps the strangest banquet hall ever conceived by man. This event was so unusual that it became famous during its time. 
with photographs showing these sewers, or what could be termed an underground tunnel, decorated for a grand feast for what seems to be very important people. This story made its way into the newspapers and even abroad, including England. According to the story, this event took place on October 14, 1903. Banquet given in sewer. League of Municipalities entertained in the storm drain in Waterloo. Entertained? Waterloo, Iowa, October 14th. The city officials and businessmen of Waterloo this evening gave a banquet to the League of Iowa Municipalities in the Dry Run Sewer, an immense storm drain constructed to protect the city from floods. The drain is 3,385 feet in length, 12 feet high, and 12 feet wide. It is dry except when heavy rains cause floods. A section of the sewer, 400 feet in length, was set apart for the banquet. A long table was spread to accommodate 850 persons. Mayor Jones of Toledo was one of the speakers. Others were Attorney General Mullen of Iowa, Mayor J.C. Williams of Oskaloosa, and Prosecuting Attorney Sherman Mears of Waterloo. Now, I find it very interesting because most of the articles in the modern day don't really mention how many people were coming to this event in the sewer. So let's just say they did construct it, and they thought it was a great accomplishment. Even so, it's very bizarre. Why would you want to go down there and have a dinner? Unless this is something that has been done before by these elite groups, participating in some type of meeting in underground hidden places. Even the news articles state quite clearly that this event was for officials and politicians, higher players that would come from many different places just to see the sewer. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be doing it during a rainstorm, would you? Old Uncle Flash Flood comes coming, Bob going through there. Maybe it's like a bit of a day, you know. Can we do it? It's, I'd be sitting right at the bloody entrance. That's for bloody sure. And why did they build this massive sewer in a small town in Iowa? Well, the story is that there were several floods, even one in 1880 being described as a deluge. Dry Run Creek flowed through Waterloo, and apparently it wasn't always dry. There's a newspaper report discussing how the dry run became a mighty torrent of floods, that this also led to someone's death, and that this dry run was actually the bed of some ancient stream. This flooding was a big problem, and it happened again in 1902. The creek rose over three meters in just a few minutes. They knew this was going to be a problem, and they needed to solve this issue. Which, obviously, that's the mainstream story, but I find it strange that we see the same narrative in many different cities. There were massive floods, and they either needed to raise the streets, or there's some type of extensive underground system beneath the city. In August of 1900, there was a newspaper discussing the proposal to construct a very substantially built sewer, and it literally says that this should do its service for centuries. Now, they do have construction photos in some of these early newspapers, but I find it weird because we really only get a few, and it's already basically done or it's questionable whether this is really the same exact sewer, as it looks different in the photos provided, and even from inside the banquet. I mean, this is a massive tunnel. The proposal said, quote, that the walls are to be of rock about two and a half feet thick and five feet high. On these is to rest an arch, also of rock and about two feet thick. Inside is to be 10 feet wide and 10 feet high. The bottom to be paved similar to our street pavement except that Portland cement is to be used for filling between the brick. Well, there you go. Yeah, very weird stuff. 
you know, um, I guess you, while the while it's bloody there, you may as well use it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Same as building your own little underground little bunky thing. Yeah, a bit like all the walls. No one can peek in, and one way in and one way out, pretty much. I don't know what's up the other end. But yeah, very weird stuff, guys. Next, uh, the, the budget elite, I guess you could call it back then. Um, we will see narratives and the, the narrators start to crumble in the truth of community. Ooh, I haven't really seen much of this. Only about a minute to make sure I'm bloody loaded. This is Michael Jacko. Must watch. Jacko sounds like he's prepping his audience for a for two a time, whatever that is. Two a time. I guess someone might know. Anyway, you can find the whole thing on Rumble. I played for um four or five minutes. See where it goes. organization and that was for uh you know remember the sound of sound of freedom uh tim ballard that's supposedly based off his uh its activities uh, overseas rescuing children <clears throat> so now he's withdrawn from uh i don't know if he created that or who's involved with that that uh operation underground uh but he has left that organization and he has lots of people coming out and, and calling that he's sexual misconduct. So um, if it was me, I would not leave, right? If I'm innocent, I'm not gonna leave. We saw President Trump, there's a lot of women give out against him. He, he didn't leave, right? He kept, he kept focused, uh, kept moving on. So that, that's, that's troubling. Uh, maybe he just wants to step back because uh, that is drawing too much attention uh, to that organization and he doesn't want it to be about him. So he's, I guess he's going to fight off these sexual allegations. Uh, there's more that are coming out uh, today. I guess there were some more that came out against him. So, uh, you know, it's, it's troubling to see these type of activities going on. Now, will it be revealed that he, he has been, um, you know, part of a disinformation campaign, uh, and so forth. There's been rumors of that, and I've heard from many people that he has been, unfortunately. So time will tell, uh, but as time goes on, we're starting to see other people, uh, you know, Jim Caviezel. Now, is Jim Caviezel uh, involved in uh, some, some bad activity as well? Now, I don't know. Uh, he seems like a very, from what I've heard from other people, it seems like uh, an incredible, you know, up and up guy. Uh, but I've heard from other people that that's not the case. So um, there's a lot of people that I wouldn't say a lot, but there's some people that are trying to, uh, you know, tear, tear me down and so forth. Well, one person has even said that I, they have information that I was never a Navy SEAL or in the CIA. I mean, that's, that's completely ridiculous, but you know, these things, these allegations are out there. For me, I'm like, whatever, uh, and keep moving on. I keep sharing and keep pushing, and, uh, you know, I'm going to get attacked, and I have been attacked, you know, since I've been doing this uh, in many different ways. Well before I started doing this, I was attacked, physically attacked, right? So it is it is part of, you know, the territory that comes uh, with revealing, uh, trying to tear down the deep state, um, these, these different groups and so forth. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to see, you know, 
what they're really about going forward. Are they real? Uh, or are they corrupt? So I hope, you know, that some of the stuff that we're hearing is just they're being attacked, uh, like a lot of us have been, and that's they'll eventually be found to be okay, but, uh, you know, we'll see going forward. So there's a lot of that going on right now. Uh, I've, I've talked out, and so has a lot of other people, uh, about uh, some of the people that are out there that are posing as, you know, for, uh, you know, MAGA and for, you know, making America great again and for the Trumps and, uh, and so forth. Um, I, I don't see that in some of these groups. Now, when I was in the military, you have, uh, of course, different groups. You have special forces, and then within special forces, you have different groups within special forces, right? You have SEAL teams that have uh, special uh, special groups or so forth, even within the SEAL teams themselves. I was involved in some of those uh, special operations within a SEAL team. Uh, and then, of course, there's SEAL Team 6, which is the creme de la creme of all the SEAL teams. Uh, you're handpicked to go there. And then once you're there, uh, there's there's a, a selection process that's far more rigorous than bud selection, right? Uh, the, the number of people that don't make it through that is not as high percentage-wise as buds, which is up to 70 or more percent. But there is a percentage of guys that don't make it through uh, uh, SEAL Team 6 training. So once you're through SEAL Team 6 training, you're selected by each one of the teams. They, they get to pick. Uh, there's a numbering system for people that, you know, uh, are in uh, a class of uh, what we call green team at SEAL Team 6. And then you're chosen by your respective uh, teams. And there's several teams that are at SEAL Team 6. So once you're at SEAL Team 6 in your respective team, then there's special operations within those teams as well. So I was involved in some of those. So you, there's constantly these differing groups. I'm, what I'm trying to put out here is there are different groups of truthers out there. You can see the difference of the information they reveal and so forth. Some of them are just, just like me. They're just down-to-earth people that are trying to reveal and trying to draw attention to uh, narratives that are false narratives and trying to take us astray and so forth. All right. So I've been part of trying to reveal a lot of those, whether it was uh, COVID, uh, the things that you could do to beat COVID, uh, COVID vaccination, uh, you know, trying to reveal all that before it even came out. And then we have, uh, you know, George Floyd, uh, the day that George Floyd uh, supposedly died, uh, I was revealing that was a false narrative. Uh, so if you get in front of these false narratives, and look, remember the monkeypox thing that came out? We got on top of that so fast, so hard, it just never went anywhere. <clears throat> so you have to be uh, very proactive uh, within these groups. So some people I, I watch and have watched over the years, I think they're very effective. And they're very convincing. Uh, and I believe most truthers that I've seen over time do a good job. Okay. I just want to hear the flip side before I, I'm going a little bit longer than what I expected. That's the good side. I want to hear the, the negative side, what he comes up with here. Might be a bit of an eye-opener for some of us just to keep on guard. Now, like I said, there's different levels 
of truthers, right? So some of you guys that listen to me, you like me and you like maybe one or two other people. Uh, and that's, that's all you're basically paying attention to. And then there's other groups that are same, same way with another, another truther. Uh, they, they just basically focus on him or, or she or whatever. All right. So within those truther groups, a lot of times those truthers gravitate to certain other people, right? So me, you know, that I'm all over the, all over the map, right? I like information, uh, that's very broad based and I, I try and stick to, you know, current events right now, but I'm in the secret space program. I'm in past uh, lives. I'm into hey, welcome events that are presented that are false. So we're seeing a lot of narratives over time. Even the JFK assassination, there's a lot of stuff that's coming out now uh, <laughs> that's revealing that that was a false narrative. <laughs> Funny, I just put that up the other way. And many of us have talked about how uh, John John, JFK Jr., <laughs> that was a false narrative. Right? So we have a lot of false narratives out there uh, that once those those narratives what a trip sold by the deep state, once they put them out there, Okay, he's going to, I was waiting for him to get to it, but you can go watch the whole thing. Otherwise, I'm going to be sitting here. I'm, I'm going to start running out of time because I wanted to do a little bit, did a, did a little bit of reading. Actually, I want to start my um, bit of reading from a book that I was mentioned last year. Oh, wait, probably a year ago. It was where I wanted to take the show a little bit on certain levels as well. So I'm going to give you a taste of that. But um, I'm going to play one more thing, and it is open lines. I can read this anytime. You might. Um, I'm actually thinking of doing more of um, half an hour stories and um, publishing them maybe 45 minutes of this book that I've got. Um, it's all about chance and, you know, things in life that are a bit like, whoa, what's the odds on that? Pretty much like I was going to name it like what's the odds on that, you know, or, or what are the odds, something like that. I'd, I'd made up a few actual, um, what, what do you call it? Um, uh, like I've got logos, I guess you could call it. I might even put a few out and see get some people that I know behind the scenes to um, to pick one of them for me. And I might even just do it as a separate show altogether. But um, it is an open line anyway, so anyone's welcome to call in after I play this for a couple of minutes. I'm not sure what I've got lined up here next, actually. Um, I've got so much. Uh, I'm not going to get it out, am I? Mm. All right, I'm going to take it down to the another 15 minutes, try and squeeze out some of this. And um, I can actually then start doing a little bit of book reading for you about this book that I really want to get through. And like I said, I might actually just dedicate the shows just to this um, book of chance and, um, yeah, what are the odds this is happening? And it's quite, yeah, it's quite um, out there, you know, like, wow. Little things like, um, I know one just off the top of my head, I'm not, I'm not actually sure if it's in this book, though, um, is there was a lady, okay, she got married to this man and um in the picture when he was a boy she was playing in the sand right next to him behind him on this beach <laughs> little things like that that are trippy you know uh twins that never met each other that have the same names of their three children little things like that you know just really bizarre stuff you know two boys and one girl and they've all got the same names as each other and they've never met until that day you know just some really weird stuff out there guys spin you out Anyway, so this one's um, Wynn Carter. Now, I reckon I paid that. I Actually, I've done that at the beginning, I'm sure. Yeah, Wynn Carter. Yeah, of course. I, I must have done it twice on here. All right. So so over in Germany now, just a little... Um, I've got a few little things around here and there. 
um, the far right or the um, no one I think over there is the AFD is soaring and can a band stop it? Okay, let's have a quick little read. It's only a couple of lines. A fiery um, debate over whether to ban the ever more radical alternative for German for Germany is coloured by the country's Nazi past. So there apparently there's a quite a big um, rising in the far right. I don't know if it is under an, a so-called Narsosis, um which is virtually a Nazi, just means National Socialist when you break it down. Nasos and um, this is Nazis, you know, Nazi, National Socialist. So that's how you got the word Nazi, guys. Anyway, um, Dr. Dr. Rashid A. Butter, who massive power grab? Um, hydrogel in the COVID injections has been programmed for 5G activity. Um, nah, I'm not sure of this guy. I, I don't like if I haven't looked into him as a doctor and that. I'm not sure where he's going to go, so I'm going to leave that one. I've got a couple of little quotes here and there that I'd like to read out too. This one's by... Um, it's called Helping Spirituality. It's only a quick little ones. We swallow um, greedily only. Oh, sorry. We swallow greedily any lie that flatters us, but we but we sip only little by little at a truth we find bitter. Interesting. We swallow greedily any lie that flatters us, but we sip only little by little at a truth we find bitter. <laughs> quite a few truths can be quite bitter. The 100th monkey effect. I guess a lot of us have heard of the so-called 100th monkey and they're thinking, I've heard of that. I've never really actually heard much about it, though. I've got a couple of lines about it. It's, um, I'm just trying to get this bloody phone close enough because I'm sort of on an angle here. This might be better. Um, it's a phenomenon where a new behaviour or idea is spread rapidly through consciousness. From one group to the um, rest of the species, once a critical number is reached, this is why it's important to keep improving yourself and spreading the truth, because it could be you that tips the scales. It all adds up, guys. It usually takes someone seven times to hear the truth before it actually sinks in. They've done studies on that. Yeah, around about seven times. So you... You'd be surprised what little whisper or seed that you might plant amongst friends or family or anyone out there. And they might look at it as it might be a little bit, just to, well, probably just half don't acknowledge it, but it's in their subconscious, you know. Then they'll hear someone else say it, and then blah, 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 blah. And then, bing, the light clicks. Yeah, interesting study, that one. People, this is an interesting one, Sue. People are not addicted to alcohol or drugs. Hey, what do you mean by that, Oz? They are addicted to escaping reality. Very true, very true. It makes people, you know, crave and want to get out of this sort of reality of this world or this depression they're in or this shit hell of a life that they live. Alcohol and drugs, usually. Okay, next. When you come to a point where you have no need to impress anybody... 
your freedom will begin. Think about it. When you come to a point where you have no need to impress anybody, your freedom will begin. I think there's something right in that for all of us the older you get, actually. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that too, me too. It's, 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 a, it's a wise age thing, I think, um, a lot of us go through after a certain age or maturity where it's like, you don't like it, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> That's right, guys. You don't like it, rack off. <laughs> uh, All right, this is a long one. This is about the um, the slave trade in the Americas. Now, it's, it shows you the Jewish involvement. Now, anyone can look that up, so I'm not going to play that because it goes for about an hour and a half anyway. But that's a, I'm sick of hearing the white slave trade, you know, into Americas and that. But if you actually look behind the scenes, you'll see a bit more deeper. Some research you can do on your own, there's no doubt about it. But I don't even think he's got a channel here. It's called Societal System, but that's more of a Telegram one. Um, Dr. Martin, his name is, he's um, he's an emirate, oh, emeritus professor of Africa Studies at Wesley College. Massachusetts from 1973 to 2007. He's got his own like thesis about that. Well, actually, it's not thesis. It's more of a, um, a history lesson about... Um, I'll give you just two minutes so you can hear his voice if you ever come across him. It's got um, Professor Tony Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. He just goes into the bit realities of the, um, the slave trade industry back in the day. Um... But before I describe what happened, let me spend a couple, a few minutes summarizing the facts of Jewish involvement in the slave trade. <laughs> That's funny. He said that. I just said I'll give him a couple of minutes. <laughs> what precisely was the nature Go. You got a couple of, of minutes. Jewish involvement <laughs> in the African slave trade. The Jewish involvement in the African slave trade begins, as far as I can tell, long before the actual slave trade across the Atlantic itself. The transatlantic slave trade has its immediate origins around about 1441 when Portuguese sailors landed on the West African coast and kidnapped a few Africans, brought them back to Europe. Africans were brought back to Europe, to Portugal and to Spain as part of that particular trade for several years. Columbus, of course, arrived in the Americas in 1492, approximately half a century later. In 1502, the first Africans were brought to the Caribbean. The Caribbean is where the transatlantic slave trade begins, and many Americans don't know that. But for over 100 years before Africans were brought as slaves to this country, the United States of America, Africans were being brought across the Atlantic to the Caribbean, to places like Hispaniola, the island which today is shared by Haiti and the Dominican Republic and, and, and to other places as well. I'm liking him already. Well, I don't think I've heard him. I've heard of many others that have presented it, but I really, really like him. And um, I'm going to produce that as a show tomorrow. Because I've got to watch it, actually. I can't do too many. Oh, yeah, I might have to. Actually, I think I'm going to have to make up a folder because, see, what happens? Podbean banned me. That's right. I've never been kicked or banned from anyone else but Podbean. <laughs> I don't muck around, guys. I go straight to the source for bans. <laughs> Leave you peasants behind. <laughs> ban me. Get out of here. I let the big boys ban me. <laughs> I'm special, see? I'm chosen. I got privilege. I got privilege rights. You know what I mean. So yeah, because what happens? I put up too much content. 
And what I mean by that, not six hours a day or eight hours, that sort of content. It's the um, uploads, like that documentary. Now I've got to transform it into audio content, and you can imagine the size coming from video to audio once I've doctored it up that way. They're quite big files, actually. And, um, yeah, so some of them can be up to, you know, three-quarters of a, um, what do you call it, tetrabyte pretty much. No, is it the gig? One gig. Yeah, I think it's gigabyte. I get it mixed up anyway. I'm no good when they're gigs and tigs and freaking megs and bloody what. <coughs> so, yeah, so they banned me towards the end of the month, so I'm going to have to be a bit careful. It's only about, what, the 16th now, are you? Let's have a look at the daily woos. Yeah, the 16th, Tuesday the 16th. Wow, 11.32 in, in night. Nearly the 17th. Bloody hell. Another night of no sleep, I think, Sue. Too excited. Oh, yeah, I've got a problem about that too, guys. I just want to apologise for every to everyone. I've developed this, this thing that I've suffered with for oh, since I was a child, you know. It's called um, being happy and content. It's It's plagued me for years here and there. Now, I've had to try and deal with it in my own way over the years since I was just a little fella. And it's been a, it's just been one of those things that, you know, family's been patient with me at times of these things that happen. And um, so I hope you can just, you know, overlook these moments. I hope to get back to my normal state of um, misery and that as soon as possible. But yeah, it's, um, I, it seems to just come up every now and then. I don't know what it is. Sometimes it can last for quite some time. Sometimes it can just last, you know, a couple of days. But um yeah, I'm just glad I've got a lot of support here in my family. So um, no, no, I appreciate all the cards and the emails I've been getting of concern, but it's okay, guys. Um, I like to be a bit alone sometimes when I go through these moments, but I just wanted to share that with you. So while I'm going through this um, these hard times of happiness and contentment, I um, I really do appreciate all the support. And love that I've been getting and um, just ease off on the flowers. I'm more of a chocolate person than flowers, but um, I do appreciate the thought anyway. All right, guys, let's see if we can get ourselves back on track and then in the coming weeks maybe. Might even take a couple of years, this one, I don't know. It feels like a pretty strong bout. All right, moving right along. So you can actually catch him at um, social oh, – he's called Social System. But anyway, I'm going to publish the whole bloody thing because it goes for two hours, and I like the man. That's right. If I like someone, that's word, man. He's a lucky man. <laughs> He's a lucky man to be liked. <laughs> Many have failed that task, I can tell you. Now, Australians are fed up. That's right, we're fed up. We've had enough. We've had enough. Austra- I hope you enjoyed my little bit of humour there, Sue. I couldn't help myself. I actually come up with it before the show. I thought this would be freaking bloody fantastic to share these little... <sighs> little frustrations that I go through every now and then. You know what I mean? Moving right along. New polls show support for Australia Day. That's right. They want to get rid of Australia Day. I think they already have or something, bloody thing. Let's have a quick listen to this. But first, the Two minutes. On Christmas have now welcomed in the new year. That must be, of course, it's time for the annual Australia Day debate. Sadly, it's happening every year now as a loud minority of activists look to change the date of a national day and try to shame us into wanting not to celebrate this great country we live in. Well, data's in and it shows that only 17% of Australians believe... Yeah, I appreciate the thought of roses and um, I'm more of a car nations man, though, guys, so, yeah, 
if you really feel the need to send me some flowers, I'm a more of a carnation sort of dude. Australia Day should be moved from January 26. Joining me now is the man behind the polling, Daniel Wild from the Institute of Public Affairs. Daniel. Oh, shame. You'll have to time strap this at one hour and 20 minutes to go back and Sue might explain later about what I've just um, expressed that I've been going through since I was a child and I'm actually having a bout of it again. So it's, it's okay, mate. Lots of cards, lots of support here. And everything's fine. Yeah, you can go back after it's published, mate, and just, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to say. I just, I just want to move along, you know, in my life. Welcome to the show. No surprises from me. You and I talk to real people out there and we can see what real people think about our country when we have a big national vote like the voice referendum. But I tell you, the activists, the elites, their voices are getting louder and louder every year. Tell us what your poll says, though, the real world thinks about our national day. What is the poll? That's exactly right, Peter. Good to be with you. I didn't know polls could talk. Huh. I usually, I'd usually bring up the pavement, but let's see what the polls have to say. You again. Uh, what our poll found of oh. a nationally represented sample of... These bastards are talking the polls, guys. I reckon they've got a bit of Native American Indian in them, you know what I mean? But it's out and poll stuff going on in Australia, guys. I'll be watching them. Australians is that 63% support Australia Day on the 26th of January. As you rightly say, fewer than one in five want to change the date and the rest uh, don't know or don't have an opinion. And exactly... I reckon we do it out in the bush so these polls don't have an opinion overall. What do you reckon? Yeah, we'll keep it so they can't see it happen. As you say, it shows yet again how this debate, this divisive debate that nobody really wants to have about Australia Day is being driven by a small minority of activists, of the big corporates such as Woolworths. And I think Australians are just fed up with having this debate every single year. Uh, mainstream Australians want to... No, I think they're fed up with you talking to polls and giving us answers. ...celebrate Australia Day because they understand what a great nation we are our freedoms, our democracy, our way of life, our values. They are the envy of the world. They've attracted millions of migrants to our shores <laughs> the over the journey, and they want the opportunity to... I'll leave the polls alone, the poor little buggers. But I think you're on to something there, Sue. Might be, Sue. That's even deeper. That's a, that's a conspiracy. Oh, that's a two-hour conspiracy rap for sure. Oh, I'll be digging into this one. Thank you, Sue. I didn't make the connection. That one's for you, 99. Celebrate our day. On the 26th on of January, 99. and as I say, they're fed up with the elites diminishing and demeaning our mm. national day. You nearly got me too. That nearly went over my head too, Sue. Yeah, yeah nearly went. You nearly actually got me there, but I thought deeper on the matter, and I thought she's bloody on to something here. What about the Greeks? No one cares about them. Ah, I'll be. Oh, this is getting. This is like racism, man. The bias that's going on in this country—it's unbelievable. All right, I'll be looking into it. Bloody hell, I think it might be them. Damn. They might be running the bloody show, guys. I reckon they're all the bankers, for sure. Oh, well, we've got to get them out the drain somehow, I guess. We'll drain the drain. <laughs> History of our flag, no one wants to hear about that. That's a long story. That's a show on its own. Now, I want to tell you a little bit of... Um, a little bit of... I guess you could call it a... Anyway, we'll just call it whatever we want to call it. Listen to this. Marcus 
Um, his name's Jesus is hard to read. Wait, let's see if I can. Ah, that's better. Sayasero, Marcus Sayasero. He lived in 43 before Christ. He was of the Roman Empire, and you know what he done? He wrote some words of wisdom. He said, the poor work and work. The rich exploit the poor. The soldier protects both. The taxpayer pays for all three. The banker robs all four. The lawyer misleads all five. The doctor bills all six. The goons scare all seven. The politicians lives happily on account of all eight. Written in 43 BC. There we go, guys. What do you think about that? I'm going to actually say I made it up. <laughs> but I can't lie. <laughs> Someone out there clearing up, going, Bullshit, you still lies. And government will allow a person to change gender without reassignment surgery. The laws will permit children aged as young as 12 to change their sex on their birth certificate. The Parliamentary Legal Affairs and Safety Committee recommended the changes. It was also recommended the new laws are audited in case any more changes are needed. The new law would make Queensland the sixth jurisdiction to enact the change. Government will allow a person to change gender without reassignment. Oh, wow. You know what I'm thinking, too? I think I've got enough here. Oh, by the way, anyone that's welcome, uh, or welcome to the room, um, I've got an open line, too. I'm not going to do this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to – I was going to read a book, um, Robert, um, that actually I'm going to just make this a permanent thing just during the day instead of my 10 to 12. I'm going to drop on every now and then when I feel like it during the day. And I'm going to start producing my book reading, which is all about the um, all about chance and just one of the things that make you go, hmm, what the, what are the odds on that? And I'm, I've got a couple of things made up. I'll send you Sue um, and a couple of other my favourite um, judges out there, as you call it. And guess what I'm doing to Arnie Sue at the moment, guys. Check your stats, Sue. You've just been, you've just earned your stars and your stripes. That's right. Welcome, Arnie Sue, my new moderator, my admin. Wait there, we need some, we need a clap or something in the background for bloody sure, that's for sure. Ah, oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it, guys. We need it. Thank you. Yep. And the badge. Stripes. stripes. That's right. Uh oh. Moving up in the world, guys. She gets to pay the bills now. Well, right, let's move right along. Um, this one's from a guy by the name of Who Owns the Entire Stock Market. Ah, yeah, you deserve it. Pat in the back, high fives and everything. Now, 
and this will get, get you a bit of a tangled web here, guys. I bet you everyone's gone, Blackrock, Vanguard, Blackrock, Vanguard. Hmm, pretty much up there. Let's go for a little journey into who owns the entire stock market. This might blow your mind. Might even blow your mind, ladies. What if I told you that all corporations are actually just one giant corporation? <laughs> I'd, and I'm not... I said that a bit quieter. I didn't... I, was... <laughs> I didn't think you'd catch on. Uh, I had to make a disclaimer. You know, you can't say I didn't say it, see? <laughs> and actually, my year's subscription, funny enough, is coming up in about two weeks. Um, hmm, coincidences? What's the odds on that? <laughs> talking about metaphorically. And I'm not talking about BlackRock. I'm talking about what's really behind BlackRock. Yeah, see, what's behind it? Followers on TikTok. And I've been waiting to post this video since the very first video that I made. Laying the groundwork of understanding so that we're all going to understand this now that we're here. So let's break it down real simple. If you're going to go grocery shopping at a corporate grocery store, all these corporations are owned by these institutions. They're highlighted in red if they're on all four of these sheets. They're darker orange if they're on three of them and light orange if they're on two. And there's only a couple that only appear once. It's mostly the same money. But we go deeper. If you go for the biggest tech companies, it's basically the exact same list for all four of these. That would be Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, Geode, which is similar to Fidelity Associated, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and then Northern Trust is on three of them, and Capital World Investors is the exact same thing as Capital Research and Management Company. So you might think, okay, these are the institutions that own the whole stock market, but who owns them? And see, if you've been around here for a minute, you already know. They all own each other. <laughs> Just a giant cross ownership Big web. pool. And this is where it gets really interesting. You see, way back before I'd even posted a single video, I was sitting in my office reading this report from an anonymous user on Reddit. And he had noticed the exact same thing that I'm talking about right now. And he wrote a program to put all that data into a visualization so we can see who owns who. And I'm about to show you what he figured out. Let's take BlackRock, for example. This is a list of the top institutional owners of BlackRock and how much of the company they own. And if you visualize it, it looks like this, where the whole square is all of BlackRock's stock, and they get a percentage of that square based on how much they own. And the important colors to note are that white symbolizes us, retail investors, and gray symbolizes insiders that work at the company. So that would be like Larry Fink's stock, among other people. And everything else is other giant corporations, investment banks, like BlackRock themselves own a little bit. State Street owns some. Capital World Management owns some. Bank of America owns some. You see how this works? But they what I'll do, I'll do it later, um, and I'll if I can publish it somehow, I'll put that up as a. I think I can. I'm just actually trying to work out how to do a. Um, what do they call it? Screen capture. I've heard of it and all that. I fluked it the other day. I reckon I could do it again. I think it's two buttons, one on either side. It was a bloody trip. This thing went, what the bloody hell's going on here? Someone taking pictures of me. Well, I'm looking at me bloody phone or something. And somehow I pressed the two buttons together because I think it's the top left. Oh, sorry, bottom left and the top. Anyway, I'll, I'll try and work it out. You think about it and you're like, well, wait a minute, because all of these institutions are owned by other institutions, right? So what if we put that data in? He goes for another three minutes. Well, he did, and it looks like this, and you realize that all of this that was owned by Merrill Lynch is actually owned by all of these other institutions, and a little bit of us, retail, up there at the top. 
But here, we've only replaced Merrill Lynch's section. What about all of these guys? Well, then it looks like this. Remember, white is retail investors like you and me, and everything else is giant mega corporations. And if you go one layer deeper, filling in all those corporations with their corporations, you see how this program's working? And so then, we simplify it to just black, gray, and white. And this is who owns BlackRock. White is retail investors like you and me. Gray is insiders at all of these corporations, like CEOs and other Well, it's a bit hard for you to... Well, I guess you get the gist of it. I mean, it's nice you carry it on with black and whites and that when you just can't even bloody see it. It's bloody pointless me just doing this. But he's pretty much told you they're all into it, you know. Funny you mentioned investments. I've been thinking about that lately. I've had actually a couple of people now the last couple of weeks um, talk to me about it. And I'm not... Commerce is not my forte, that's for bloody sure. Um, so I did study it at school, though, for a bit in high school. But, um, yeah, it's not my, well, investments, I should say, more than commerce, I guess. And I, and for my own uh, mind, I wouldn't mind knowing actually myself. I'm starting to get really curious that people have been bringing it to mind. I want to um, get on um, Monica. You know, all know, out there know Monica. Uh, well, downloads, of course, of people around the world probably don't even come in here. But um, we've got a person on here called Tick um, and uh, Tick Radio. She comes on here as a speaker, actually. And I've been put on to her to actually um, to do a thing about investments. And there's someone else on here as well that apparently knows a bit about it. So I'm thinking I'll try and line up on her show or mine or vice versa in the next probably fortnight, give it plenty of notice, and we'll get people coming in that know a bit about the stocks. And, um, you know, I'm I'm thinking more of, um, oh, I guess you could call it, yeah. Yeah, she'd be good to have on. Apparently she's good in the financial system too as well, like with stocks and things. So there's another lady out there as well that she hangs out with that's right into it. So I'm going to approach her this, um, when I see her next anyway, and I'll mention it to her and we'll start up a show. I reckon we're going to give it at least a week and a half to get people interested and people that are into it to come on board with us as well. So we'll have a little bit of a, um, uh, probably the panel might be just all people into stocks and shares and all that, hopefully. And, um, and of course, we'll save a bit of um, space for people that want to drop on up and um, ask questions as well. I think that'd be a great show. And... Um, I'm really interested. I'm thinking more along the lines, though, of like, I know tangible assets like, you know, platinum, gold and silver, copper, you know, um, these sort of things that you can hold on to you like that. But I'm also interested to see um, in upcoming markets like um, like new inventions. Say, for instance, I think that my kick off myself is this robot that's been created from the, the Google robot, whatever it's called. And because... The reason I think it's going to get kicked off is, one, that it can do washing, cooking, and all these things as well. Probably makes the bed, who knows? But it's um, quite amazing what it can do, even to the point of cracking an egg, you know. But um, I'm I'm thinking the, the price of these things is quite reasonable, 36000 So not, you know, it'd be different if it was, you know, 300000 sort of thing. And that's going to really open the market up, I think, with a bit of a boom straight up of a lot of people wanting to buy these that are, you know, in that can afford it in that price range. And there'd be quite a few out there that actually could. There's still that bit of a groundwork, I guess, where people work, you know, their ass off, you know, 13 hours a day and they've got no time for all this and they can just come home and have a robot pretty much, their bachelor or whatever. 
or whatever you call a lady, you know, on their own and, yeah, come home and have it all done. So I can see something that could come out of this. Little things like that. I mean, it could even be a drink that comes out that, you know, a certain big company makes and everyone goes, ah, you're getting quick. You know, that sort of thing. So the the show, I think, I'm hoping that could even bring up to make people think right there and then or that week that I'm hoping that it brings up little situations like that, that like, hey, check this out. I can see this going or, you know, um, this stock or you know what I mean? Or even advice to get out of certain stocks and see them crumbling, you know. Um, so I think that'll be a fantastic show, guys. So I'm going to try and line that up anyway. So I'll talk to her in the next day or two. And, um, yeah, I'm sure she'll come on board with it or I'll go over to hers, whatever works out. But we will get it out there. And hopefully we can get, um, you know, half a dozen of people in that mind frame and we can have a really good yarn about it and, yeah, give some people some great financial advice. And I'm not talking like tens of thousands. I'm talking, you know, probably an investment between 100 to 1,000 at the most. Something that, you know, I think 100 is pretty reasonable as a starting off point for a loss, for a gamble, um, if it's a high possibility that your odds are going to come back better. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's... it's hmm. I mean, hey, even if it's 10 bucks, you know, it's, it's still something that you can start investing in and get to know the stocks and maybe even apps. I've heard of certain apps you can get, you know. So anyway, I'll, I'll leave it at that because, yeah, I'm just, I'll start going over myself. But I think you get the gist of where I'm going with it all. Yeah, I think it'll be a bloody great show. Um, what else have we got here? Now, do you remember that Peru little um, alien that they reckon they got last year? I mean, that little thing with the big ET head? Well, they pretty much confirmed that it's a fake. I'll just give you a little taste of this. Non-human, what it's called, non-human alien corpse or corpses are just dolls made of human and animal bones and a paper, in paper, sorry, experts say. officials. They seized these two doll-like figures last year from a shipment heading to Mexico. Forensic experts with Peru's prosecutor's office say the objects were made with paper, glue, metal, and human and animal bone. <laughs> that one might even get a Discord. I remember I'll send that later on the outsides. Yeah, very interesting. It all comes out eventually, guys. It all comes out. And where might you hear that? Strange Days Broadcast. <laughs> Give yourself a plug, won't I? Us, uh, man. You're never shy to do that, are you? Hmm? Okay, Good Lion TV Tartaria. Um, yeah, I've actually got part one of the Tartaria series I put out on, I think it was 116. This one's the last one, so yeah, which worked out good because they were both one after another. I come across the episode one, which um, I didn't know. I should have realised um, that it was on Rumble. You know, I don't. I'm not sure if the other one had it. Hey, going, Dina. Welcome to the broadcast. We've only got about ten minutes left here, twelve minutes. Um, yeah, I was just saying, um, Dina, that I'm I'm going to get Monica on um, Tick Radio and probably in the next two weeks, we'll give her plenty of notice so people can come and join and, and participate. And we're going to um, 
have like a financial investment show, you know, upcoming trends and um, what to pull out of, what to put in. And we hope I'm hoping as if we can get, you know, somewhere between three to six that are in the know of that, that sort of thing on the panel. And not, not necessarily a debate, but um, everyone have their own sort of information. You know, mine's more tangible assets, so I could probably add a little bit there. But, um, yeah, it's a stock markets and upcoming um, things to invest in, possible trends and all that sort of little things that people want to invest. Yeah, just the small person between, you know, I'd like to work, I'd say, between 100 to 1,000. I'd say 100 more roundabout. Somewhere where... It's a bit of money that you're comfortable if if you lost it as a gamble, you lost it and you're not going to, you know. And, and, of course, it depends on what people have got. And it could even be $10, you know. It's all, always a start, isn't it, you know, when you think about it. So I don't really want to go into the big wigs of tens of thousands, you know, being unrealistic to a lot of us especially. It uh, might be different for some of these that have succeeded. But, you know, I'm just talking about people who have got no knowledge on it and, um, yeah, but I'm going to give it plenty of notice and I'll, I'll touch base with you anyway and let you know when it's coming up. And it'll be up on the panel anyway, your know, upcoming show. So that's why I want to hold it off for a couple of weeks so it gets known and, and we can actually get people on that don't know us that will, oh, I'll come on and share my, you know, what my thoughts on it. I'm a, into commerce or economics and they might want to just share something, you know, off the top of their head. Well, I think it'll be a really, really good show this day and age because it's the markets are all over the place and, I know I don't know much about it at all, and there's apps you can get, you know, little advice and hints and that for people like us that don't know, well, I don't, then I'm not talking for you, but I'm sure there'd be quite a lot of people that'd be, wow, I'm a bit dumbfounded with it all, you know, even the, the Bitcoins and all that, I've got no idea about all that. I don't really want to go down the Bitcoin sort of side of it, though. Yeah, I'd rather steer more into stocks, you know, um, upcoming, you know, um, inventions and things like that that are going to grow quite quickly so we can get a bit of a return to on the buck and then also talk about things long-term um, investments as well where you don't get it just now but it's pretty much guaranteed in five to ten years you'll, you'll be pretty good off, well off from what you invest. Yeah, oh, well, I've got, as you can see, I've already got a lot of thought about it and I can throw out a lot of questions actually so I'd probably make a, a good semi-moderator or, or host slash moderator on the show as well with, with her. We'll just see how we go. Anyway, I'm not going to put her on the spot or burden. I haven't spoken to her yet, but I'm sure she will go along with it for sure. We get along really well anyway. And, yeah, it'll be a great show because there is someone else that she knows pretty close that's on that I'm sure all of us know as well that's on here, and she knows quite a bit about it too that we all like. Anyway, I'll, um, I'll continue on with this. Mark Twain said an interesting quote. He said, no amount of evidence will ever persuade an idiot. <laughs> I like that one. No amount of evidence, eh, will ever persuade an idiot. Mm. There's another one that I've got, but um, I think this one's a big one. I'm pretty sure, because I've got them a bit scrambled here tonight. I've only, I've only got bloody 10 minutes left. Jeez, that went quick tonight. I must have been having fun. I um, and also Dina, I've expressed some um, something I've been going through since a child, and it's come back again. And um, you'll have to go back when I publish this one and listen from one hour and twenty minutes. Sue's heard heard it. She broke out with the tissues for sure um, in laughter. <coughs> and um, so yeah, truly, uh, truly let it all out. Yeah, it was yeah. 
Anyway, you'll understand when you hear it. Ah, yeah. Okay. Just have your tissues nearby, you know, and um, you'll get through the moment with me for sure. All right. Let's see what else I've got. I can quickly get out here. So this is... Oh, that's right. This one goes for nearly three hours, guys. Oh, yeah. I, see, I can't publish a lot of these. What I want to do, Gina, is transcript a lot of these, but, like, I mean, put them into audio. But bloody um, Podbean bans me, you know, because I've been up, uploading too much. <laughs> I said to them, but I'll pay the bills, man. And they go, oh, well, it's a courtesy thing for others out there. And I'm like, what do you mean courtesy thing? I'm only taking up bandwidth for freaking five minutes while I'm uploading it. Come on, don't don't give me these freaking bull crap. Because <laughs> I'm taking too much out of their service, see? Yeah, they don't like that. <laughs> oh, cheeky little buggers. I said that ain't in the contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they've done it several times to me. Yeah, yeah, getting right near the end, and it's like, oh, you've, we've, for the courtesy of everyone else in the community, we've banned you until the end of the month. It's like, um, I don't see that in the contract, uh, Lisa. Mm, not right. It's not right. Not happy. I think next time they do it to we might. We might have a protest. Oh, yeah, we should do a protest. Big pod beam. We'll all, no one do anything for a week until Osman gets back on. That'd be a trip. <laughs> we'll bring the whole thing down now. Oh, you're not going to pay? You're not going to let Oz on? Well, none of us are going on now. Watch your shares drop. Talking of shares, there you go. We'll bring you down. That's right. We're moving over to bloody Google Play now, guys. Google Cast. Right. Century. Century of the Slade Fraudulent History of the Federal Reserve. Another one, see, I've got so many because I'm hesitant to put them up now because otherwise if I put it up and they bear me now, I can't talk for two weeks. I can't do my own shows, you know, and I don't want that because I'll start having withdrawals. Hi, I'm Buck, your personal tour guide to the Federal Reserve. Oh, that's a really good one. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to wait till probably next month, but that's only an hour and a half. I'll probably get away with that, but I don't know my limits. See, that's the problem. It could be just this one more and that's it. And um, it really does get frustrating, you know, when it does that. Because, you know, I was sort of like, this is what I couldn't believe and what I couldn't understand. Like, I know shows that we, well, we know our friend outside, he does like something like four to six hours some nights, you know, every night. I'm only doing two, maybe four, if I do two in one day, sometimes, and, you know, not even that at the very most. But it's these uploads, see, they don't like it because I'm using up their bloody whatever bandwidth, whatever you want to call it. Bloody Scrooges. Bloody Scrooges. <clears throat> 19. This is a high possibility um, that could happen. Um, it was really weird. This is sort of a prof prophetic. Um, I, I, I love this when I've seen this movie. See if you can pick up as it goes along. David Lightman was a master at computer games. A fast thinker. Maybe you could tell us who first suggested the idea of reproduction without sex. Your wife? <laughs> and a promising student. Hi! An old game. Hi! With an electronic twist. Those are grades? Shall we play a game? I deserved it. Do you? You can go to jail for that. Only if you're over 18. This computer company is coming out with these amazing new games in a couple of months. And I want to play those games. Wow. What? We got something. He found the right code word to play the game. We're in. But it was the wrong computer. 
shall we play a game? I can't ask you that. How about mobile, thermal, nuclear, war? Fine. Alright. Yeah, it's not right, is it, Dina? There's nothing in the contract, and I pay the bills, and so yeah, it's it's just absolutely wrong. It, it is, it's it's criminal. It really is criminal. Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah, right. Global nuclear warfare. Loved that movie when I was younger. That was the old. He actually done that. In, this is based on a real life story, actually. That movie, and he done it with a Commodore sixty four. Remember the old Commodore sixty four? Eh? What a trip! <laughs> What's that? Oh, Aussie, they sounds like they're picking and choosing. Oh, yeah. It's it says it says unlimited. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, you can get the religious shows on there freaking, well, even more than they're on, some of them are on there freaking just about all day. Freaking bloody carrying on like an idiot. Anyway, I'd hate to make some sense. Gee, can't have that now, can we? In an unsensical world. All right, my friends, well, they're going to cut me soon, so I'm going to take it out with a song for Dina and Sue. That's what I'm going to do. Let's see, this is going to be our pick. What do I do for two? Hmm. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tickety-doo. I might even play use a little bit of violin. I don't know if he's like violin, but this is a young girl out in the street, and I might even be able to fit a song at the end. She just walks out and just starts playing. I think it's bloody fantastic. Take care, all. I'll catch us all in the next episode of Strange Days. Thanks for your company and support. Oh, yeah, take care. I'll see you next time. No doubt about it. You're welcome, Sue.
No, they cancelled her out at the end there. Ah, that would have been nice to have her just finish it off on her own. Ah, oh, well, that was really nice. Yeah, she just walked out in the street and she just started going for it. Yeah, it was really good. I uh, like little things like that where people do that. Oh, some of them flash mob ones and they just all start singing. That's pretty cool. Okay, I'll um I'll catch us later to get on the last last minute or half, I think. I'll be listening while I get my mixer together. I've got a mission, D, Tina. I've got a mixer I need to accomplish before sunrise. 